0: hey friends welcome back to the boxcast podcast and i'm gary and uh, i am so excited that you're here with us today Uh, this is going to be a really really good episode just a couple of little housekeeping things please make sure to check out our youtube channel for the podcast if you haven't subscribed please go do so we would love to have you there drop some comments on these videos and and, and in the feed area so that we're able to just communicate and engage with you if you haven't seen boxcast does sponsor a facebook page It's, it's actually a facebook group called the live streaming for churches group this is where we talk about anything and everything related to church media production live streaming Um, a lot of the group members help each other quite often and it's a really good community to get into i know out of all the choices you could do there's like 50 million pages and groups that are related to live streaming and i'm telling you this one's one of the best so come join us over there in the facebook group we'd love to have you there now today our guest today is a well-known youtube channel creator he boasts over seventy-one thousand subscribers in his YouTube channel. He is the owner, operator, the man, the myth, the legend, Stephen Ballast with Ballast Media. Stephen, how are you today, buddy?
1: I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm in. I'm in enthralled with you and i'm excited about it you being here today because we have watched you grow over some time now here at boxcast and not only that but i think one of the first videos that we saw was when the a10 mini came out during during the pandemic and you like rocked it with that four video series we'll get into more about that later but that was that's when you got on our radar we're like oh man this guy's awesome so (laughs) i'm so excited to have you here man thank you for being here well thank
1: you thank you yes
0: so, Stephen, you have this media empire already it looks like right uh this this growing youtube channel uh you have a growing Facebook group um you create these videos i I just want to know a little bit more about you so can you give us some some details about yourself and what you've done and where you're you know where you've been and where you're headed a little bit there
1: sure, sure um you know, I don't know how far back you want me to go and uh <laughs> where it all began, I guess. For me, media began, um, I grew up in the Philippines, my parents were missionaries there, and I started doing sound in their church, like in seventh grade. Um, and so I've just been doing sound in church. You know, when I went to college, I volunteered in the church there um, and started working in engineering. Uh, and But again, while I was working, I was volunteering at my church doing sound. Um, and so that's kind of how I got started, Just just volunteering and and doing this every week. Um, And eventually the church that I was at um, had grown to the point where they needed a full-time tech director. And so it kind of was at a point in my career where it made sense to make that shift from uh, the secular world to doing full-time ministry myself as well. Um, And so uh, I worked at that church uh, for about five years in Chicago. um, And uh, for a number of reasons then uh ended up moving to a church uh, here in knoxville tennessee where i'm at now Um, i've been here uh, 14 years uh, as tech director at this church um yep and so you know the whole uh ballast media youtube thing (laughs) um i i really don't even know how many years ago it was maybe you know eight years ago um i was looking for a microphone for our worship Uh, pastor at the time. And I went to our integrator and said, Hey, I want to try these, you know, I forget how many it was 12 mics or so. Um, and so they, they got them for me and I recorded that. I just recorded our, our worship pastor singing on each mic. And I said, you know, this may be useful for people. Um, so I made a video and put it on YouTube and that video just exploded. Um, and that kind of was like a light bulb for me that, Hey, maybe, you know, there's, there's something to this YouTube thing. Um, and so I just started making videos about what I do every day. Um, you know, it it kind of has, uh, changed over time what I post. Um, but, you know, it's kind of become what I call worship technology solutions where I try and solve problems that people have. Um, but it's been fun, yeah. It's, it's.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, you look like you have fun when you do them. There's, I've seen quite a bit of your content. Um, I like I mentioned earlier in our opening, like, the one I think the one video was the A10 mini review. Um, that when you started that four part series. That was the one that really caught my eye. I know our video producers, uh, Josh and Wade here, had the same thought. They're like, that's when you got on their radar. And it was like, yeah, this guy's legit. This looks really good. So so mm-hmm. your full time job is not centered around doing YouTubing or YouTube channeling. Mm-hmm. You're, you're actually in full time ministry, correct?
1: That's correct. Yep. I, I work full time as a tech director at his church. Yep. OK.
0: And so you just do this as kind of like a, um, a side gig slash. Hey, I just want to get information out there for people to know about kind of thing.
1: Um, yeah yeah
0: that's cool
1: yep
0: that's really cool so not only are you in the youtube space but i also you know little little social media wins have blown into my direction from me stalking you so much um i i hear that you're also a writer director producer filmer uh, videographer um, that you've done this several years running for um, a, a a pretty well-known film festival in Knoxville as the Knoxville film festival. Is that correct?
1: Um, That is correct. Yeah. So um, I've, I've always been into filmmaking. Again, it kind of goes back to my youth. My friends and I would make, you know, war movies on the weekend. Um, And so uh, I've, made short films over the years. And when I came to Knoxville, they have um, every year, the Knoxville Film Festival has a seven day film competition. So Mm -hmm. um, in August, uh, you have from Wednesday to Wednesday, uh, to make a short film uh, to make a, a four to seven minute film. Um, and then at the Knoxville Film Festival in, in uh, September, they show it in the theater. And so um, it was just a great way for me to then keep making short films. And it's it's a great way to uh, rally people um, because, hey, they're going to get to see themselves on the big screen. Right. So. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's a great way to just uh, network and get to know people uh, who are you know like minded as far as making films and all that. Um, and so it's just been a lot of fun. I've I've. Uh, I I don't even remember again how long ago it was that I started, but I, I've made a number of films. It's been probably at least ten years.
0: Oh um, yeah, that I've done that. I've seen a few of them, man. I love it. My favorite so <laughs> far, my favorite so far was Obawangi. Am I pronouncing that right?
1: That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah my favorite,
0: my favorite one thus far. I thought it was. It was just really good mishmash of like Indiana Jones and some sort of like, you know, it, Egyptian kind of esque mystery slash adventure. And then my favorite character was definitely the the, the villain in it. <laughs> he was cracking me up the whole time with the way he was he was talking and such mannerism. It was great. It was awesome. So and 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 you said this is like uh this is like a, a kind of like a competition, right? So out of all the films you made, how many have you won specifically any any of them?
1: Um, Yeah, so a a few years ago, uh, we won uh, first place with a film called The Heirs of Birdie Hollow. Okay, Um, and that actually has the same uh, lead character as was in Obawangi, uh, a guy named Tory Martin, um, who's uh, a phenomenal actor, writer himself. Um, And then uh, we've gotten second place. I've won director, uh, best cinematography and, uh, number of times. Uh, numbers of our actors and actresses have won awards through the film. So it, it's been wow. fun.
0: Yeah. Wow. Now there was one short film you did that I thought was probably one of the coolest concepts and one of the coolest I've ever seen. And I can't remember the name of the, it was a passages, a passage if, Yeah. passage, right? This mm-hmm. was a one take continuous shot with a drone. And that that brings me to my next point about you is that you are uh, a certified first person pilot with a drone, correct? Because like,
1: that's right, I, I, uh, I've been flying drones since before they were called drones. When I started, (laughs) they were multi rotors. Um, And you had to take the gyro from a Wii uh, controller and solder your little, uh, circuit board together to get these things to fly. Um, so that's probably about, about 12 years ago that I made my first, uh, multi-rotor, um, and started, started flying FPV. and it, it, you know, it's come the, the whole, uh, genre has come a long way since then <laughs> a lot of improvements. Oh, man.
0: It was a um, really cool shot though. I have to say, like, that was a I was looking at it, and I'm like, okay, where's the cut where's the cut and I didn't see a cut at all
1: <laughs> it was it was a fun uh you know i've 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 been flying f p v drones for a long time I've been making short films for a long time, and I wanted to kind of put those two together and I've done the whole like you know drone shot establishing shot and that kind of thing, but I wanted to do this like one continuous shot from a drone um and uh one of my best friends. Uh, had this idea of well, what if it's a ghost? Um, you know, who's just floating around, and so that kind of kicked off the idea for it. Um, and uh, then uh, I, I have another friend, uh, Randy, who uh, he's the kind of guy where I just say, "Hey, Randy, I want this," and and he comes up with it. Um, he's another one who's been a, a part of our team making these films over the years, and uh, so. It was like okay, we need to find a place where we can start on a boat, transfer to land, and then transfer to cars. And so we just did that whole uh, sequence from boat to land, running uh, to the cars, and it was it was a lot of fun. It, uh, you know, again, this was a seven day competition, so we um, we started rehearsals. You know, we got our genre, which ended up being action adventure. So that worked for us um, on Wednesday. And we started rehearsals of sections of it on Thursday and Friday. Um, And then Saturday, uh, we did our first full run through of it. Uh, And I I forget exactly, I think it was seven attempts, um, but not all of those actually like completed. Like we, some of them we waved off because it just wasn't working at the beginning. So I think it, I think we did four or five, uh, full run throughs, um, which, which is pretty amazing for our lead actress because she actually ran, I mean, that, she really had to run that whole way every time
0: yeah absolutely uh, yeah well we'll we'll drop some clips in so everybody can see it at, at here and uh, we'll put a link in our in our descriptions and stuff so that way people can jump to those those two particular short films so they, they were really good i really enjoyed them so c- congratulations and kudos to you my friend that was really, really thank good you stuff. thank so, you yep. well i'd like to kind of transition into a little bit more deeper content with you a little more deeper things about you and your channel and then of course I'd like to go a little bit deeper about some of the ministry stuff that you do. Um, So when you're, when you're doing your content selections, you know, like when it comes to your stuff in your YouTube channel or what you're doing, what, what ideas do you get or how do you get those ideas? And why do you select what you select to do? And then generally about like, how long does it take for you to to come up with the idea, go from creation all the way to, you know, final product?
1: Yeah. Um, So, originally when I was making videos, I would, you know, it was something that I solved in my own work at the church. So figure out how to do lower thirds. Hey, let's make a video about how to do lower thirds. Um, and, and so that was early on how I would, you know, come up with ideas for videos. Um, lately, probably most of my videos come from, uh, questions that people ask. Um, Something I don't talk so much about on my channel is, but I actually do behind the scenes. I do a lot of consulting with uh, churches. Um, and so they can, you know, they have have sought me out because of my YouTube channel. Um, and so I see trends that, hey, a lot of churches, a lot of people are asking this question. And so I'll make a video about that. Um, so that's kind of lately how I've been uh, selecting uh, topics. Um as far as production um you know it it varies depending on how complex it what i'm showing in the video is um but usually actually the thing that takes the longest um is writing the script Um, i actually script all of my videos Uh, I i think it is kind of part of what makes my videos unique is that um, it's very focused and on point, uh, it doesn't stray. There's no pauses of time that, you know, is wasted. Um, and so I script everything and, uh, ahead of time. And so that then means I have to verify everything, you know, everything I say about click this button, I've got to actually make sure there's a button there to click and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so, so the script writing is actually what takes the longest, um, then you know, filming, uh, usually filming isn't that long. It just depends on how many takes it takes me to, to get through the script. Um, and then the kind of the last part is uh, screen captures. So I actually, you know, I'm pulling back the covers on the secrets of my videos here, but uh, I actually don't do what I'm showing you in the video until after I've recorded it. So then I take what I've just said um, and actually do it and, and do the screen captures to what I'm telling you. So that's why, you know, the script writing at the beginning is so important to get that right. Um, so that what I'm saying actually can happen when I do the, uh, the screen capture at the end.
0: Yeah, and and um, and, and I, I can tell you, we kind of film the same way. So I mean, it's not, yeah, it's the movie magic, the the video tutorial magic that comes right. out of it. Like right. you know, script, write, film, go back, screen edit, then post production stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So when that whole process, how long does it take you to to accomplish that?
1: Um, you know, I, there was a time where I was making a video once a week. Um, so it would take about a week. Um now I've slowed down and there's various reasons for that. Um, so I'm not producing videos as much, but it, but it usually is about, you know, a week or two, probably a week to write the script. Cause you know, Mm -hmm. like I said, this isn't my full-time job. Um, I'm doing this when I have, you know, have spare time and I can find the time to write the script. So usually about a week to write a script, um, and then a week to produce the video.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of I think we're in the same boat. So yeah, we're all in the same. It's the it's the behind the scenes of all the tutorial magics <laughs> that we all put together. So yeah, absolutely. And it's yeah. kind of the same thing with our podcast. But Yeah, that's kind of interesting. I'm glad to see that, you know, we're not alone in our, our uh, filming uh, styles and techniques. <laughs> but yep. and I will say, yeah, you're 100% correct. Um, the way that you film that I, I like the fact that there's no fluff in your video. Um, it's just straight to the point, like I can get right to the to the point that I need to see versus having to listen through, you know, two minutes of, you know, why it's important to do something, (laughs) Um, you know, or, hey, why don't you check this out instead? I like the fact that you're to the point, and your videos are really well done. Like, I mean, clarity, con- crisp audio. It sounds, you know, looks good. It's all really, really right there on point. So, yeah, absolutely, well, thanks. looks thanks. really good. So, let me ask you with with your content creation, and you know, your your Facebook and your YouTube's, and my my wife and I, we joke a lot when I'm like, "Is he on the YouTube's?" And so, <laughs> so you know, and, and the Facebooks and the Twitters, you know, all that, yeah, all the, yeah. all this content creation that you do and put out. What is one of the weirdest questions that you've ever gotten from oh, somebody who's subscriber following?
1: Um, boy, that's a good question. Uh, I would have to think about that for a while because there's been a lot, um, you know, there's the, the first would be like the people who are just making like mean comments, <laughs> sure. um, uh, which you know, when you're on YouTube, you just have to learn to uh, let that, you know, roll off you. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I You know, the in a way, it's kind of sad, I guess, but I get people asking me for help a lot. Um, and, you know, a lot of times it's a church in, you know, Sri Lanka saying, hey, can you send us a mixer? And it's like, well, I don't think I can. No. <laughs> um, but anyway, just things like that. I don't, I'm, Re-
0: request for free equipment is always a, a, a big yes. is always a big one. Yeah, I, I've I've been there myself. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Steven, speaking of that, is there any way you can send me a mixer? Because I really, yeah,
1: yeah, I've, sure.
0: I would love that, man. That'd be great. Thanks. Appreciate um, it. I'll send you a shirt. You send me a mixer. Is that okay? Sure, yeah. That, yep. that an even trade?
1: <laughs> I, well, you know, like even if I had a mixer to give, I don't know if I could work out the shipping of that thing. You know, it's like. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Right. Yep. No, we, I understand that, man. I get to totally understand that. Well, so your most popular series on your YouTube channel is the, is the ATEM mini series. I find it, I, I find having to go back to it several times just to make sure I'm like actually making sure that I'm doing something the way I think I should be done. Um, so I'm using it as a really good reference point, but why outside of just necessity, can you tell me any more reasons as to why you chose to create a four part series on the ATEM mini?
1: Huh. Um. I think it was mainly just because all of the topics that I wanted to cover about it, um, would have just made a really long video. Um, and then also, you know, like I said, the kind of the process of how I make videos, um, it was going to be easier for me to just put one out. Like, I think I did that series like one a week. Um, and so it was easier for me to just, okay, I'm going to break it down into smaller topics and uh, you know, put that out one, once a week. Um, also, I, I have found that uh, kind of 10 minutes is a good uh, length for videos on YouTube for me. Um, shorter videos uh, don't get promoted by YouTube as much and longer videos don't get watched as much. Um, so right around 10 minutes is, is what I usually shoot for. Um, and so to, to cover all those topics, it just would have been you know, a longer video.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I like the videos the way you did them. I, I do like that the series, um, especially the last one. I think the last one is probably the most watched one that I've pulled up, and I know some of our teams pulled them up as well. So, um, and then ATM Mini an, was an interesting product during its release during the pandemic. Like it, like Blackmagic really. I feel like they really got their act together and put that out <laughs> super yeah. quick.
1: You know, uh, it it was interesting. Um, I had contacted Blackmagic uh, several years ago when I first started my channel, um, just saying, hey, I've got this channel. I had made a, a, a video about how to use an external camera um, to live stream, and I'd used a Blackmagic device. They're, uh, I forget what it's called now, um, but their capture device, their USB uh, capture device. Um, and and it had been really popular. I think it's, you know, over 500,000 views today. Um, and so I said, hey, can I get, you know, I, I think I wanted like a PCI, PCI card, uh, a, uh, SDI capture card. And I was like, hey, I'm gonna make a video about this. And they're like, no, we don't send products to, uh, you know, to YouTubers, uh, was the response <laughs> I got from Blackmagic. Um, well, then f- fast forward a few years and the uh, they released the ATM Mini, and I sent them an email again. I was like, "Hey, this would be a perfect fit for my channel." Um, and they said, "Sure, here." And they sent me like the the A10 Mini that I have. It actually has like on the back, you know, demo unit, early production. You know, this is not a, a um, you know this is not a production unit. This is a early demo unit. Uh, yeah uh so but anyways it was just interesting that uh they were eventually willing to send me something
0: that's interesting yeah that's kind of funny i find i i find that to be a uh kind of a you know a conundrum almost <laughs> like a you know but i mean like they really i think atem really stepped up you know the atem series really stepped up at that point black magic stepped up with I, it's like they almost kind of knew that everybody would be live streaming during the pandemic. Like, I wonder if they had any in, insider information that none of us had. Well, you know, I am i don't remember the exact timeline, but I think, you know, that
1: video, those videos were out maybe two years, a year before the pandemic. Oh, um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think even before the pandemic, I told people, you know, who asked me about my channel. Well, every church in America is trying to figure out how to live stream. And that's that's why most of my content moved towards live streaming because that's what people, the questions people were asking. Um, but then how true did that really become during the right. pandemic that every church really was trying to figure out how to live stream?
0: Right. Like, I mean, I know we I, I was like looking at your video series like the most popular one. It's the multi cam live streaming on computer with OBS. Mm. I, I think that has like was like 632,000 views and it's five years old yeah. and it's still yeah. and it's still going like, I mean, I think that's a testament to making really good content. Um, as well as like really good, helpful information and letting it sit and stew for a while. It just becomes mm-hmm. better with age. So, yeah. you know, that's that's really cool. I'm, I really enjoyed those those ATEM series. So, well, I, I want to kind of like jump into some harder questions with you, some things that I want to hear your heart about ministry and what you think some things are like. So mm-hmm. w- right now w- we know live streaming is something that was a necessity during the pandemic. And then it turned into kind of a, In my opinion it's a utility for the church now um i i wholly believe that churches should be doing something media production wise whether it be live streaming or filming and uploading you know their content series because you know just believing in in the word and the gospel like that should be a primary thing like we should be spreading it however we can but i'd like to get your point of view on some of that like where do you see church media headed Now that, you know, this has become a a main staple um, medium for, for, you know, getting the word out. Yeah. Uh, You know,
1: I think it's a, a both and kind of thing. I've, you know, I've heard of some churches saying, Hey, we're, we're not going to live stream anymore. Um, And, you know, I've always dealt with that in, in the church of there's, you know, there's always a pastor somewhere who's like, well, people are staying home because we have a live stream.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: And, one of the things is I hear the other side of that in that, you know, when we first started live streaming at our church, uh, a few months into it, I got a call from this man who was 97 years old, um, who was in tears, just thanking me saying I can go to church again.
0: Oh, man. Um, cause wow. this
1: guy hadn't been to church, you know, he'd been, he'd been homebound for probably 10, 15 years. Um, and you know, so I think for every, maybe one person who, okay, they probably could have come to church, but they decided to stay home and watch the stream. There's probably 20 people out there who have a very valid reason why they're not there. You know, I, I talk to students who are, you know, children of people in the church who've gone off to college and they watch the live stream from where they're at.
0: Um, Mm.
1: you know, feel like they're at home, you know, just all kinds of things of, you know, there are, there are very valid reasons why this is helping, um, you know benefit the body of our church um so i think it's 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 going to be here at you know i i also agree with the pastors that if people can come to church they should come to church i don't oh, think yeah. um i i'm not a real fan of the you know online church um i think that this should be something that is um supporting uh the body supporting the church
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I would agree with you on that. I absolutely I agree. I, I find, you know, I've talked to since I've been doing this, like it's funny, you know, I've been doing live streaming since like 2008 um, when I was able to do it for our church and start actually, you know, doing something. And here in the in the Columbus region where I live in Ohio, it's like I was one of the first churches to actually do it. And I found that to be more At the time, it was a luxury, but now it's become a utility and it's and it really does. You do see the benefits of having something where, hey, we were out of town for X, Y or Z, and we were still able to be a part of our church body and be a part of our home. You know and attend our intent attend, attend service that morning you know um, i even went on vacation last year and had the same experience we watched sunday morning service uh, right yep. there in our yep. in our verbo so i right. and i agree with right. you like the in-person experience obviously has a major impact like we're called to be you know good stewards of our time and our money but it's also about being good stewards of being in attendance to you know to worship god and and that's that's i agree it should be in person as well but as a platform as a medium I agree with you. It's definitely a tool now versus just being something that you do for popularity sake. Yeah. Um, and so, yes. so that really, that really came out to be, you know, really cool. I, I'm glad to, I'm glad that you guys are still doing live streaming. There's a lot of churches who are, who are feeling like the, the pressure to stop it just because there's like a decline in that worship attendance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, we, we fight all the time with that. you know, when, I mean, it doesn't matter if it was live streaming calls or pandemic calls. We fight that all the time as ministry yeah. leaders. So, yeah. And,
1: But another interesting thing that I've found with our live stream is the number of people who have become new members at our church who told me that, oh, yeah, we watched the live stream before we came to the church. Um, And and so your live stream is also your front porch. I mean, it's it's the first step that people take into your church for a lot of people now. Um, And so just just realizing, you know, that's how people look for a church now is they check out the live stream.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Church attendance can increase because you have a good worship presence online and and if your presence feels exactly online as it does in person, people are definitely, that's like a, a benefit and a, an inclination for them to come in and, and to experience that with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. So it, flipping into that, you know, we talk about church media in a whole being, you know, a good, good thing to have. Um, do you, do you currently have volunteers that serve on your media team or, or whatever, you know, it is you call your media team?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, we do, uh, you know, for our video. Um, so I have an assistant who is full-time at the church. Um, uh, so aside here, the villain in Obawangi is actually my assistant at, uh, Oh, my that's church. great. Yes. Yes. Um, so, uh, but anyway, so he actually is our video director on Sunday morning. Um, so, you know, a- actually three times a month, he directs video. Um, and then uh, once a month, actually a volunteer does it. So we do have uh, okay. someone who can, you know, cover him if he's gone. Um, and then we also then have volunteer camera operators.
0: Okay, um, And
1: so uh, we have an, a number of uh, stationary, uh, shots that we use. And then we have one or two manned cameras, uh, that we use
0: okay all right and we'll show um some of that footage here probably uh here in just a moment about what your little setup looks like in your in your services in your church and yep. you know where everything's placed that'd be great so um yeah i mean that's awesome that you got volunteers do you find it being more difficult now to get volunteers to come in and be serving um and and if so like what are what are some things that you've done to like kind of generate good atmospheric buzz about coming to, to join that media team
1: yeah i you know i wish i had the magic bullet for volunteers
0: yeah we Um, we all
1: (laughs) one of of the things i've found and and i don't know if this is a personality trait of mine or or because of my personality or not i'm like i don't know i just don't have enough data points to to understand it completely but i find that i have a small core of very faithful volunteers who have been there you know, I I have one guy who's probably been there, you know, 12 years, um, who's just been a faithful volunteer, this is what he does. Um, And another guy who's probably almost the same. And then you have those people who come and go quite often.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And so uh, you know, you need to have a continuous, hey, we're looking for volunteers, we're recruiting to kind of fill in those people who come and go. Um, But then also, you know, for me, it's been finding those people who are just going to stick it out uh, year after year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah. We had the same problem sometimes too. Um, I've got a couple of really nice young adults. Um, I'm the young adult pastor at our church. Like I handle a lot of that and a couple of our young adults have expressed a major interest. So I got a couple of our young adults who step in and are like, they are Rocking it. Like they are doing a phenomenal job with doing that. And I had to train them. So I want to ask you about that. Like, what is, do you guys have like a training thing? Do you have like a manual mm. program? Do you guys put, do you, do you put them through some sort of like boot camp to get them up to speed with how to do things? Where, where do you start them at?
1: Yeah. Um, so for, for video, um, mainly, you know, we're, we're not real intense in how we do our video. Uh so the first thing I have a camera operator do um is sit in with our director um and so he just watches uh what the cameras are doing and listens to how the director is is directing and what he's telling him um and so usually after that uh so he'll spend a Sunday with the director then okay. Usually, on that same Sunday, like between services, we'll take him down and actually show him the camera. like here's you know, here's the zoom, here's the focus, those those types of things. Um, and then after that, we put them on the camera. I mean, it like I said, because we have multiple cameras, if one person isn't, you know <laughs> isn't getting it a hundred percent, then we can deal with that uh, um and continue to train them. But usually most people most people do fine. Um, with that for, for the video director position, um, you know, that person will sit in with the video director a couple times, then they'll run it while the video, you know, Kevin, my, mm-hmm. uh, assistant sits with them, um, to make sure that, you know, they <laughs> hit all the buttons when they need to be hit. Um, and then, you know, once we feel comfortable that they're, that they know what they're doing, then we, uh, we will schedule them to be on their own.
0: It's like getting a driver's license <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got to get that temporary permit in and then you, then you can take your license exam. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's right. really good. Yeah. We do the same, we do something similar to that. Yeah. So, so with the, with, with the whole concepts of just, you know, getting your volunteers up to speed, do you also have volunteers that serve in other parts of the media ministry, such as like the, the audio or presentation software? Yeah.
1: yeah so I have, uh, you know, someone who runs the presentation software, um, and that is a similar kind of thing that we, um, I'll have a new volunteer sit with someone who's done it, um, once or twice, then I'll have them run it with someone sitting with them. Um, and then, you know, once we feel comfortable that and they feel comfortable, uh, mm-hmm. then we, we let them loose.
0: So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little shadowing. Yep. I like I like your style there. Mr. Ballast. I like that a <laughs> lot. That looks like good. Well, let, let me ask you a couple of fun things. Some things I'd like to just know just because I have interest in, in different parts of media and I'm sure you do as well. What's your uh, what's your favorite production category? Is it the video piece? I, I mean, it's got to be the video piece, right? Video yeah. or lighting or audio.
1: Yeah. So, you know, Uh, this is an interesting one. So I, you know, I started doing sound, like I said, and so actually mixing live sound is actually still one of my most favorite things to do. Um, now making video. Yeah. I, I think that is probably a close second. Um, I love the whole process of, uh, you know, coming up with an idea and seeing that, uh, you know, come to fruition at the end, seeing, seeing the final product I, uh, um, I, I love writing scripts and then seeing actors take that and, you know, make it their own and, and seeing what they, uh, bring to it. So that, that's a fun part of what I, you know, directing and writing and all that.
0: That's um, cool. Yeah. That's cool. The audio piece is fun stuff. Uh, yeah. Audio mixing is definitely, it's like, um, um the, the college professor I had, you know, years ago, he, he told me that audio mixing is like an artist sculpting. Um, you know, you can pull away, add wherever you want to. And it's kind of, it's kind of like creating your own, you know, form and it's, yeah, it's really Mm -hmm. good stuff. I like that too. So,
1: um,
0: so where would you tell a new church or a new person into any kind of media ministry or media general? for the church, you know, they're looking to start something or they have something small and they're looking to grow. Where, where would you point them to? Like, where would you turn them to, to find not just more information, but like good sources to, to do this, uh, maybe some persuasive things that they need to convince their leadership with.
1: Hmm. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> I don't know if I have any answers for that. Uh, you know, obviously my channel is a good place to look as far as video live streaming kind of, kind of stuff. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I That's a good. Yeah. See,
0: <laughs> I got him guys. I got him on the stumper. Yes. There we go. Well, I was just asking, cause I mean, we're, you and I both sit in a position where we're not the leadership of the church in general, but we are part of the leadership. And I just thought maybe you had some special things up your sleeves that I could convince my pastor about. So I just yeah. thought
1: I'd ask. Him. Well, <laughs> I mean, one of the ways that I have convinced leadership to make advances in technology, um, Uh, Christmas programs are your friend. And so rent equipment for the Christmas program. And then they're going to say, well, why can't we do this on Sunday morning? Right. And so I don't know how many times I've done something like that, where, you know, we've done something for a Christmas program that then we're able to, you know, upgrade to that, uh, you know, for our, for our regular, uh, services. So. Uh, you know, it's a great way, I think, to demonstrate things to people. Um, you, you know, so for instance, one, one is intelligent lights. I think a lot of churches for a long time and, and even some still probably, you know, have had this fear that, oh no, we're going for a rock concert, right? It's going to be all this moving lights and all this kind of stuff. Um, but at a Christmas program, if you rent some intelligent lights and show kind of what, how it can be used tastefully for your service and in your context. And then it's like, oh, why can't we do that on Sunday morning? Well, we can, you know, uh, so just as an example. Yeah.
0: That's a great example. No, that's a great example. I've always, I've always been a big proponent for trying to, you know, show a practicality, um, and why, you know, if you ever want to make changes to something that, seem a little bit on the fringe or a little edge if you show a really good way of doing it there's that yep. there's that persuasional piece to it so yeah that's an excellent thing so i have to ask just because you're up right now like your video looks phenomenal your audio sounds phenomenal you're you you've got this awesome purple background and i love <laughs> it it's backlit really well you're you know forward lit really well i'd love to see your production studio. I'd love to see where you're at. I'd like to see what you've got set up and how you're using it, if that's at all possible. Can you walk us through a little bit of that? Sure,
1: well, my very high-tech uh, studio here is actually in my garage. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, you know, I, I film at the church some and I film here. Uh, I've I found that uh, for my channel, it's easier to film uh, here at home because I can just do it whenever I'm you know, here at home. Uh, so my setup, I have, uh, two, uh, Amaron, I think, I don't know how, if I'm saying that right, uh, the 200d, uh, lights with soft boxes. Uh, I just have behind me for backlight is some, you know, generic Amazon, uh, little led panel. Uh, the, uh, tube on the floor back there that's shining on the wall, uh, is the, I believe it's the nano light pavo tube let's see i can look it up yeah pavo tube uh, The nan- the light pavo tube um, and yeah for lighting that's uh that's my setup uh so i found this mic it's a, a russian brand called octava and i'm using the mk uh 12 i believe it's uh, called um and i just found that uh for close proximity it's right above my head here uh it works great it it doesn't Uh, work as well uh, further away. Um, Mm -hmm. It needs to be really close to the source. Um, So just, but for, you know, 99% of my videos, that works fine. Yeah. Uh, So that's what I'm doing.
0: Great. And are you putting that like into a sound mixer of any sort, or are you just taking that in like a capture device?
1: So for my videos, um, I have a uh, sound devices mix pre, uh, the mix pre six that I run it into, uh, which that, uh the mix pre will make any mic uh, sound amazing. Um for for us right now I you know because I'm going into my computer directly I'm just running through actually a little Behringer uh USB capture device. Okay,
0: cool. That's awesome. Yeah, would I, I, the Octavia Octava <laughs> the, it's it's Octava. Octava. Yeah. Okay. We're going to have to look up what that means in translation. Not, not Yeah. It's probably means something like cabbage, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> That's great, man. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. I really appreciate it. So, um it you know, as we begin to wind down here in in, you know, our conversation with you and I've thoroughly enjoyed having you on today. Well, thanks. Uh, um what is there anything cool new, something that you can like give me a little behind the scenes of that you're coming up with or going to be doing here shortly uh that we can like maybe drop uh, on our viewers and listeners?
1: Okay, so this is probably going to be my most controversial video series yet. Uh I'm working on um a series of videos that is uh alternatives to ProPresenter. <laughs> um uh, so again, this comes out of uh questions that I'm getting uh from churches that I'm consulting with saying is there anything else out there that we can use other than ProPresenter?" Uh, and I mean, <laughs> I know I know there are a ton of people who love ProPresenter, so I don't want to step on any toes. Uh, but for whatever reason, there's a lot of people out there who are looking for alternatives. Um, so I'm making a series on just, you know, there, I, I think a lot of people don't realize that there are alternatives out there. Um, and so I'm making a series on, uh, I don't know, four or five uh, different worship presentation packages. And, you know, just I, I'm, I'm approaching it from if I were evaluating a worship presentation package for my church and I would how I would input my uh, requirements and then evaluate it for that. Um, and, and in doing that, just, you know, demonstrating what what different worship presentation packages can do.
0: That's cool. Yeah, absolutely. No, I like that. Whenever you get those done and they they drop, we would, you know, we'd love to highlight them for you. So, um, but be on the lookout for those. Whenever Stephen gets those done and gets those dropped out, I'm sure those are going to be, you know, really good. And, and I mean, there's nothing like, you know, shaking the bee's nest, Stephen. <laughs> <Yeah>. So yeah. <laughs> definitely shake that yeah. bee's nest, buddy. Yep. Bring it on! Well, that's awesome. So, um, where can audiences like find you? Uh, where can they talk to you? Where can they like engage with you? You know, check out your your material. Where, where can they get to you? Yeah.
1: yeah so, uh, you know, YouTube.com/slash Ballast Media uh, will get you to my YouTube page, um, and in every um, YouTube video, you'll find a link to my Facebook page. Um, And that's where I kind of prefer people get in touch with me if they want to ask a question or something is uh, send me a message on uh, my Facebook page.
0: Fantastic. Awesome. Well, again, Stephen, thank you so much for joining me today here in the BoxCast podcast. It's been really, really insightful, really enjoyable. I've loved every moment of it with you. And uh, we can't wait to talk to you again and do more. So again, thank you for being with us. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, man. Well, hey, so the BoxCast podcast, we're rolling out on this episode. We'd love to see your comments and questions and get a hold of Stephen at his YouTube channel and, of course, his Facebook page. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. And as always, happy streaming.